The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Let's pray now. Father, thank you for your wisdom and your grace that you give us. Thank you for the understanding you give us of your word. Help us today as we, as we look into your word to understand what we read. And Father, uh, to be taught as only your Holy Spirit can teach. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Now we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been discussing um, the model church. And um, we, we looked, last time we met, we looked at, at a couple of things. First, we said that we saw that the church in Jerusalem was a church that continued in prayer. And secondly, we noticed that they were accord in prayer. And we saw 12 reasons for prayer. And I gave you nine hindrances in prayer. Uh, I, was, I was rather pleased that we got through all 21 of those points last time. That was a record for me, I think. Uh, 21 points could, could take, easily take me a year to get through. So we were able to get through them in a week, and I'm glad for that. Now today, uh, I want to uh, look at more areas concerning our prayer life. And today we're going to look at, thirdly, the qualifications of prayer. The qualifications of prayer. And today I have eight qualifications I want to give you. Now I'm sure there are others, but in my studies this is, these eight are what I find uh, from God's Word. Uh, so let me put this in perspective for a moment. Uh, by definition, qualifications would imply the things that make one fit for a specific purpose or task. So if you ever search for jobs, for instance, there are going to be qualifications uh, listed with that job. And those are the things you have to be skilled at in order to qualify for that job. And you might not realize it, but there are qualifications for prayer. There are certain, God has certain expectations for our prayers. Uh, so in considering the qualifications for prayer, we must determine what characteristics would qualify our petitions unto a holy and righteous God. Now, of course, we all understand that there is nothing good in us. And therefore, there is nothing that could make our prayers acceptable unto God. There's nothing in me that is of any good to God. And nothing in me that would cause my prayers to become acceptable. So why does God then hear our prayers to begin with? Well, the scripture gives us two reasons. First, it's for Christ's sake. And I don't think I have these points on your sheet, but you can jot them down if you'd like. God hears our prayers for Christ's sake. In John chapter 14, we read, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If she shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I don't have time this morning to depart right here and, 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 and explain exactly what Jesus is meaning there. Jesus doesn't mean you get anything you ask for. He'll give you whatever you ask for that is within the will of God. But he will not give you anything you ask for. Uh, and, and we're fortunate that he doesn't, because most of the things we ask for are not good for us. Uh, so, God hears our prayers for Christ's sake, but also with the Spirit's help. In Romans chapter 8, Paul writes, Likewise, the Spirit also 
helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So what happens is the Holy Spirit is alongside of us, and we're praying, and he is, in fact, praying to the Father on our behalf. And uh, he interprets in a manner of speaking, not literally, but in a manner, if, you, if you've ever watched, uh, uh, if you've ever been extremely bored and you turned it to C-SPAN, and you watch uh, some, some of the uh, United Nations things that are going on, you'll, see, you'll, see, you, you'll hear the voice of translators rather than the voice of the person that's actually speaking. And the translator is relating to you what the speaker is saying. And in a, man, in a manner of speaking, when we kneel to pray, the Holy Spirit translates our hearts to the Father on the behalf, in, the, in, in the name of Christ on the behalf of the believer. So we get help. Why does God hear our prayers? Because the Spirit helps us. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't listen to our prayers because they would be so, so inappropriate and so selfish. Therefore, we begin by knowing that, this, that it is with the help of the Spirit and in the name of Jesus that the Father even hears our prayers. Now, with this being understood, allow me then to share some biblical qualifications which are presented in the Scriptures. So number one, prayer must be in faith. Prayer must be in faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See that? Uh, author of Hebrews said, without faith it is impossible to please God. James tells us, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So our prayers must be in faith, but... What is faith really? How can you explain faith? Well, faith is believing in those things that cannot be proven uh, and, and seeing those things that cannot be seen by human reasoning. So it's, it's believing those things that, that's no, that you can't prove and seeing those things that you can't see. And that's basically what faith is. Each of us here demonstrate faith every day. When you drove to church this morning, you demonstrated faith in your ability to get here safely, especially Brian, because he let Benjamin drive. So he had a lot of faith. Do you realize that annually there are, there are 2,560,373 accidents that take place with injury? That's 7,015 per day. That's 292 per hour. That's five per minute. Every minute in America, an accident, a car accident takes place in which there is an injury. And you got in your car and drove to church this morning. Well, that, that demonstrates either ignorance or faith. I don't know which. When you reached out and turned on the light in your bedroom this morning, you demonstrated faith. In the, in the safety of the wiring in your house. Annually, there are 4,236 electrical fatalities, fatalities that, that take place 
because of electrical appliances and our wiring in homes. 4,236. That's 11 per day. Every day, 11 people die because they reached out and grabbed an electrical switch. Makes you, makes you think the clapper's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Faith must be exhibited in our prayer. When we come to God, we must, we must come to a, a God that we cannot see, and, and other than in our heart and mind, we cannot prove. And, and we must come to him, and we must, we must come to him in faith, believing that he, he knows us, believing that he will hear us, and believing that he will answer us. Faith must be exhibited in our prayer. Number two, prayer must be humble. Prayer must be humble. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 8, we, we read a story about a centurion who came to the Lord for, for help. And, and we read here, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. This was a humble centurion and he, he realized he was not worthy that the Lord should come to his home. That, but, but he had faith to know that if, God, if, the, that if the Lord just spoke the word, his servant would be healed. This response by the centurion was not meant to be rejecting nor despising the presence and company of Christ. Rather, it is expressive of his great modesty and humility and of his consciousness, of his own vileness and unworthiness of having so great a person in his house. We must express in our prayers our acknowledgement of God's greatness and our own inferiority. Many times when I come to the Lord in prayer, I, I, I simply express to him, Father, I am so unworthy. And, and you are so gracious to me and you are so merciful to me, yet I deserve nothing. And we must have that humility. We must remember that. As, as God's children, and listen, I'm not teaching anything new this morning. I'm just trying to remind you. As God's children, we need to, we need to be humble before our great and mighty God. We can't, we can't take liberty and, and, and impose our, try to impose our will upon the Father. We must be humble. Luke chapter 18, verse 13, And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Prayer um, must be in faith, it must be humble, but thirdly, prayer should be simple. Now, I'm moving kind of fast here, and I don't have time to develop everything and don't have time to comment on every scripture I read, but that's for you later. That's why I've given you this sheet and give you all the scriptures. You can go away and you conduct your own study on, on, on our prayer life to, to the Father. But number three, prayer should be simple. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think, they, for, for they think that they shall be heard for their much Speaking. Prayer which, with prayer, which is speaking unto God, is as simple as talking to your earthly father. It is very basic. Now, there needs to be a great deal of, of, of reverence and a great deal of, of respect. But it it's really comes down to you speaking to your heavenly father. I grew up in a Roman Catholic home. And at a very early age, I was taught 
prayers. And they were, of course, were, were rote prayers. They didn't come from my heart. Uh, and when I prayed them, I prayed them because I was forced to pray them, not because I desired to pray them. And uh, I was given a rosary, and, and, and I was taught how to pray the rosary. And, and you know, in a, in a sense, I believe that this is exactly the way God wanted me to approach him. And how wrong that was, and how foolish that was. I learned, upon salvation, I learned that I have a relationship with God. And it is a close, and it is an intimate relationship. And, and I, I, I learned to approach him with respect and to express my heart to him and my, my feelings. And that is what prayer is. It's, 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 it's just simple basic communication between you and the Father. I've also noticed that many Christians pray to God as if he has no idea what's going on. Some people come and start to talk to God and they, 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 have, they, they have to take a 15-minute explanation for what they're praying about. Don't you realize God already knows which, why you're there? God already knows what you need. God already knows what you want. God already knows if he's going to give it to you. God knows these things. God knows everything about us. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8, we read, Be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. I'd like for you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Let's all, let's all go there together. Matthew chapter 6. Yeah, so, so, you know, you don't, need to, you don't need to take 15 minutes to... Now, now, now Father, uh, I, I, I'd like a new car, and, and here's why. Uh, you know, my, my starter doesn't work half the time, and the brakes are bad, transmission is slipping. It's burning oil, Father, like crazy. I mean, you ought to see it sometime. Duh. Who do you think is keeping it running for you right now? God knows all these things. So, so our prayers need, need, to be, need to be simple. We need to keep it focused on what we're talking about. Look at Matthew chapter 6 with me. Let's go to verse 7. This is, these are the words of the Lord. He says, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, O Fa our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That was Jesus' model prayer. Some people say that was the Lord's prayer. Jesus never actually prayed that prayer. That's just, that was a model for him instructing his, his disciples on how to pray. Now, if you examine this prayer, here's what you're going to find. There was a total of 66 words spoken in this example prayer. 38 of the 66 words were in praise of God. Seven of the 66 words were addressing personal needs. And 21 of the 66 words we're addressing our relationship to others. So it breaks down as follows. 
58% of, of, of Jesus' model prayer was in adoration or worship of God. 32% were, were expressed on behalf of others. And 10% was expressed upon personal needs. From this I can determine that my prayers should not center and focus on me. Well, we're taught to pray, Brother Dalton, from an early age. Yeah, but not necessarily for yourself. Do you know God knows what you need? Do you understand that? And do you understand that, that there's nothing that you need or desire in your heart that he doesn't know about? So he's going to either give it or not give it, and, and so we don't, need to, we don't need to exhaust the presence of God trying to push our wants upon him. It's not, he's not Santa Claus. It's not a Christmas list. We pray, we pray in worship and adoration. We pray for the, for the success of the church. We pray for the members of the church. We pray for the needs of our family. We pray for the needs of other people. And yes, we do, we do ask the Father to grant us those things that we need ourselves, our personal needs. But prayer should focus Listen, God wants you to pray for me, and he wants me to pray for you. And that pleases him. And he answers those prayers. So prayer should be simple. Number four, I've got to keep moving. Prayer should be definite. Again, I, I can't, I can't, it would take me eight weeks to, to, to develop each one of these points as they need to be. So, so you have to do some more work on it, of course. But number four, prayer should be definite. Acts chapter 12 and verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Have you ever had someone just come over and sit next to you and start talking and talk about absolutely nothing? You ever, you ever have that? We had a guy back home, Brother Gilbert. Brother Gilbert's a great man. I love Brother Gilbert. But Brother Gilbert was a talker. And Brother Gilbert could sit there and talk, 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 and still never say anything. Matter of fact, you were sitting there like this. As he was talking, we went soul winning together once, he and I, and it was his turn to take the lead. And we went into the home and we sat there. Forty-five minutes he was talking to these people. And he had not once opened his, his Bible or mentioned the gospel. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, gosh, come on, Brother Gilbert. Get moving. Make, talk, say something. But I've, I've known people like that. They just, they just go on and on and on, but never really say anything specific. Or, or maybe, maybe they just didn't explain themselves well enough for you to understand what they were trying to say. I read a story on June 25, 1990. Avianca Flight 52 from Columbia crashed just 15 miles short of New York's Kennedy International Airport, killing 73 passengers. The reason? The plane just ran out of fuel. Under international regulations, an airline must carry enough fuel to reach its destination as well as its assigned alternate, plus enough extra to handle at least 45 minutes of delays. Due to low fuel condition, the Avianca pilots had requested priority, not emergency, priority landing. Because the exact word emergency was not used, 
And due to the heavy traffic and bad weather conditions, the ill-fated plane was placed in a holding pattern until it simply ran out of fuel. All because he didn't say, I have an emergency situation. I need to land now. He wasn't specific. He wasn't definite in his need. And therefore, he was put in a, pushed aside and put on a holding pattern. Now, God, of course, is, is a little more intelligent than an air traffic controller. But our prayers need to be definite. We need to come to God... At times, we come to God with specific needs. And again, maybe it's a personal need. But maybe it's a need for someone else. We, we were, Pastor gave us prayer requests this morning. You know, sometimes people really, really want those things to happen, but they don't really go to the Lord with a definite prayer for that need. And prayer changes things. And prayer moves the hand of God. Not, not in a way in which he wasn't going to do it anyway. But it is pleasing to God when we love each other enough to take the time to pray for one another. And, and to use our prayers for each other, not for self. So prayer must be definite. Number five, prayer must be sincere. In Psalm 145 we read, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. Now, prayer has to be sincere. I've come across so many times in my life where people will speak to me and what I can surmise from what they're telling me is that they're they have an opinion that God is like Monty Hall. Let's make a deal, God. I tell you what, Lord, you do this for me and I will, I will do this for you. And you know, you really won't. You really won't. But there are people that think they can fool God regarding the sincerity in their prayers. You might can fool me. You, you might be able to fool me into thinking that you're really sincere. But you can't fool God. Because God knows the thoughts and intents of your heart. And, and God knows whether or not you, you sincerely need that, that thing or whether you just want it to, to consume it upon your lust, James said. Sometimes we act like God is so uninformed, he has no idea what we're up to. I, I, I was always amazed as a kid how my mom knew exactly what I was up to. It's like my room was, had a video camera. Of course, they didn't have video cameras back then, but it's like, it's like she had a spy or something. I'd walk in the room and she'd look over at me real suspicious. I'd say, what? I didn't do anything. She said, no, but you're about to. And I'd go, whoa. Mom knew what I was up to. And God knows what you're up to also. Our prayers need to be sincere. God is aware of all that we are and all that we do. He knows what we need. 
and he will give us what we require. And if we are faithful and, and to him, he may even grant us some of our desires. But let me tell you this. The type of person that I'm speaking about will have the right desires. Amen? They will have the right heart, the right, the right thoughts, and their desire will be, will be righteous in God's eyes. And he will grant those, but not, not so that we can get advantages or not so that we can live a, a, a more prosperous life. I want you to understand something. I've said this before, and sometimes, sometimes people, I think, don't, don't take it the way I, I intend it to be. But, but God is not concerned with this life. He is not concerned. I mean, he, he wants us to have all the things we need, and he does, he does provide for us. He does care. But do you understand, my comfort and ease in this life is not primary in God's will. He has a life for me that is his priority. And as I tarry on, in this life, he will make sure I have everything I need and he will make sure I have what I, what I should have. <coughs> but God is not overly concerned with how happy I am about my living conditions on this earth. So we need to understand that our prayers have to be sincere. And the, the desire of our heart is to be with the Father. The desire of our heart is to be in his presence, in, in his kingdom. And what I, what I have or don't have on this earth is meaningless and irrelevant. You know, sometimes we get our eyes on the wrong things. Like Eve, she looked upon the fruit and it, it tempted her and she saw it and she wanted it. You know, sometimes in life, I work around, I work around some very wealthy people. And some of these doctors and and, and, and people that I work around, they take these. There's one of them, he just came back from a trip to Ireland. And he was showing everyone the pictures. And, ooh, and ah. And there's another, one of, one of the RNs there. She's got a trip planned to the, to the Caribbean. I, I, listen, I can't even afford a magazine that has a picture of the Caribbean. Let alone get on a plane and fly to Florida and get on a boat and go to the Caribbean. But you know, you know what? If we're not, if we're not careful... Our eyes will look at those things and we'll become envious. And we'll become jealous. And we become desirous for the pleasures of this life. And we forget. We forget about the kingdom life. I don't have a lot on this earth. I don't. But I'm, I'm rich. I'm rich in the blessings of the Father. And this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's golden shores. And I just don't feel at home in this world anymore. Now, there are some things on this, in this life that I love. I love my wife. I love my children. I love my grandchildren. I love my church. I love you. That's hard to do, but I do. But I love God above all things. Because he first loved me. And our prayers need to be sincere. 
And when we come to the Father with that kind of heart, God is going to answer our prayers. Because our prayers will not be for us, it will be for him. Number six, got to move. I took too long on that point. Prayer should be bold. Prayer should be bold. Now, I've got, I got to take a little time here because it shouldn't be arrogant, shouldn't be proud, shouldn't be demanding, but it should be bold. 1 John chapter 5, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Too often we, we approach prayer with this attitude of God versus me. This is what I want, and this is what God wants, and I want to change it. Now I'm going to share, I'm going to share one, one thing with you here. And, and I'm going to move on. When my son was born on December 26, 1986, I was the happiest man on planet Earth. I was floating six feet off the ground. My mother and I were hugging each other and rejoicing in, 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 the, in the waiting room. And the doctor comes out and he sits down and he says, there's a problem and your son may not live. And I, I, I went from the heights of ecstasy, ecstasy, ecstasy to the depths of sorrow. And I got up and there was a little chapel there in that hospital and I went in that room and I closed the door and there was a, a podium there with the Bible and I knelt down there and I said, Father, forgive me. And I began to pray not for my son to live. I began to pray for the will of the Father to be done. And if God's will was that my son should die, so be it. Give me the strength to endure it. If it's God's will that he should live, praise his name and give me the strength to live a testimony in front of that boy so that he'll know the power of God. But whatever was going to be was going to be. But I, I prayed that moment that, that God would help me not to become bitter, not to become angry, not to, to falsely blame him for anything, but give me the strength to be what I need to be. Prayer must be bold. We need to understand that, that not, God never promised us a rose garden. He, he didn't say this life would be easy. He didn't say it would be kind. But he did tell us he would, he would be with us all the way through it. That he would never leave us nor forsake us. In Psalm chapter 81, verse 10, we read, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. I began to, I began to research a little bit on the, on the problem my son had, and, and, and I found out that usually they, they live, in the old days they were called blue babies, and they died before they became teenagers. And in the modern world, they, they, they had lifespans of expecting 25 years or so. Well, my son is turning 31 in December, and I don't know how much longer we have with him, my wife and I. I really don't. I don't know how much longer the Lord will give us, but I'll tell you this. He's given me more than, than I deserved. And I keep going to him, and I keep saying, give me a few more, Lord. Give me a few more. Sometimes, I don't know, sometimes he makes me want to say, Lord, go ahead and take him now. But... Our prayers need to be bold. We need to come to God with confidence. Confidence. And we need to ask him in courage and in strength. Knowing that God's desire and will is what's best for me. 
Maybe not what I want, but it's what's best for me. And it's what I need at that moment in time. And he knows and he experiences and he feels it with me. Hebrews chapter 4, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was as in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Number seven, I've got to hurry. I've got, I've got to get through seven and eight. Prayer should be persistent. Let me just say this. Don't give up. Colossians chapter 4, continue in prayer and watch the same with thanksgiving. One day, George Mueller began praying for five of his friends. After many months, one of them came to the Lord. Ten years later, two others were converted. It took 25 years before the fourth man was saved. Mueller persevered in prayer until the, his death for the fifth friend. And, through, and throughout those 52 years, he never gave up hoping that he would accept Christ. His faith was rewarded, for soon after Mueller's funeral, the last friend was saved. Persistent. Mueller didn't give up. He kept praying. And then number eight, and lastly, prayer must be in accordance to God's will. 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Focus in on that phrase, according to his will, because prayer must be in accordance to God's will. Not my will, Lord, but thine. Whatever you desire, Lord, let that be done in my life. If it be that God bless me abundantly, so be it. If it be that I must suffer, so be it. Listen, God, again, you know what causes us to not be willing to suffer for the Lord? It's because of our attachment to this world. It's an attachment to this life. When you let go of this life, and when you view this life what it is, which is nothing more than you and I living a testimony before men, and glorifying the Father in everything we do, when we view this life correctly, and let go of this life, and grab hold of the kingdom to come, then everything gets, comes into perspective. Everything and we begin to pray in accordance to the will of God. That's it, folks. That's all I got today. Thank you for listening, and have a, great, have a good morning. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church. 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.